All right, well, I want to start with this. We are, we, so we are in Advent, and I get to talk about hope today. And I'm very encouraged to talk to you about hope today. Um, and I want to read to you a couple of scriptures, but we, we in this time... Uh, we take time to reflect on different aspects of what happened with the coming of Christ. This is a time of year where we celebrate the coming of Christ, the fulfillment of Scripture, the redemption of the world in Jesus Christ. So it's a great time for us annually to come back. I mean, we do it every day and every week, but we focus on it in this time of year. And we give gifts. We, we emulate the generosity of the Father who gave his only son through Jesus. So, so here we are, the week that we celebrate hope. And we look at Christ coming as the hope of glory, Christ coming as the hope of Israel. And how many of you guys know we're grafted into Israel into the promises that were given and fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And so it is through these promises that we now have hope in Christ. It's a wonderful thing. Jesus came according to the scriptures and he fulfilled everything up to that point of his death and resurrection. And there are yet though some, some things that have not yet been fulfilled which will be the full restoration of all things. So we thank God for fulfilling the hope that Christ brought when he came as a human and he grew and he died and he rose again. But we also lean into hope that he's gonna come again. Somebody say amen. amen. He is, he's gonna come again. So, so this morning I wanna, I wanna focus on hope and I wanna talk about how that affects us and how important that is for us as we navigate this season that each of us are given on earth. How many of you guys know that on this earth, I don't know, if, I don't wanna ruin your day, but this life is fatal. You are going to die. Turn to your neighbor and just say, you're going to die. Yeah, hey, great news. Yeah, just let him know, great news, it'll be over soon. Is everybody encouraged? Yeah, it's fatal, you're gonna die. It is appointed unto all of us once to die. So this is a fact, we're given, the Bible says that we're given about, what it says about what, 70 years, 80 if you have the strength, right? And lately we've been living even longer, which is pretty cool. Um, but we are going to die. This is a reality. This, this is not the whole story. And how many of you noticed it goes quick, by the way? Right? Those of you that have white hair have raised your hands quicker. I saw that. I have so many jokes that want to come out. Lord Jesus, just put your hands out and just say, Lord, have mercy on us. And that will turn into a better speaking. All right, so let me share with you some of this hope that we have, though, because in this short life, in this short part of life, I should say, it's important that we see things from the perspective of the reality of the kingdom, from the perspective of what God has promised, because that brings a context, a contentment, an ability to live in the reality of his love that keeps us from getting totally sideswiped by the immediacy of pain and loss and confusion and lies and the enemy. And I mean, has anybody here experienced that, like just this morning online? Come on, nothing? I, am I not as funny as I think I am today? You know, don't tell me. Don't tell me. But we have to have a, a, a perspective of reality in order to walk through this life in the way that God's asked us to. And so I want to share that. Why do we have hope? Because maintaining that hope is, is a vital of importance. In 1 Corinthians it says... Now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. But you'll notice of the three, one of them is hope. You and I cannot survive without hope. We have to have hope. 
We do. It's, it's vital. It's of utmost importance. And in fact, if we don't have hope, then we're not representing the gospel of the kingdom appropriately. Come on. So let me read a couple of scriptures here of the vision that God has given us. Where is our hope? What is it in? Well, first of all, how many, I mean, what is it in? Who is it in? Jesus, that's right. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father has sent his only begotten Son, Jesus, whereby we have everlasting life. And when we want to see what the Father's like, Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard from me, you've heard from the Father. You want to know what the Father's like? Look at my life. So our hope is in Christ. But our hope is also in the fulfillment of Christ redeeming all things. So let me give you, let me give you a couple scriptures here. Let's start with Revelation 22.12. When, we um, when we were young, we taught Mercy this when she was a little kid. And, uh, but we did it, I think it was in the King James Version. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to their works. Revelations 22.12. <laughs> can do that. We can learn that now if you guys are up. Okay, let's just read this one. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. How many of you guys know that is fantastic news, that your life counts? What you're doing, what you're doing in the name of Christ matters, and I want you to understand something, because this is important. You're going to be rewarded for it. He's, he's literally going to say, I saw everything that you did in my name, and I'm going to reward you for that. In fact, the scripture says anyone that would come to God must believe that he exists, and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You guys, we serve an amazing God, and he is a rewarder. If you give a cup of cold water in his name, you will by no means lose your reward. This is the kind of God that we serve. How many of you have ever done something that's like really awesome and then someone else took credit for it? Like seriously, raise your hand. Did you enjoy that? Did you? I mean, if you're a good Christian, you probably churched it up, right? And you were like, it's fine. It's for his glory. Well, here's the good news. You're right. It is for his glory, but also you're going to be rewarded for it. He is going to reward you. Your life matters. Your words matter. Your service matters. Your giving matters. You matter. You're made in the image of God, and what you do is worthy of reward. Let me try it over here. What you do is worthy of reward. It it means something. That's so important for us because a lot of times, I mean, how many of you guys have ever gotten to like the end of the week and you're coming into Friday and you're like, oh man, Monday's going to be here so soon. Has anybody ever had a bad week? You're just like, what is the point? I just get up and I go to work and I eat some food and I come home and then I go to bed and then I get up and you need some hope in your life, right? We've all been there. My whole staff feels that way working with me. I'm doing great. I have hope. Just kidding. We have a lot of fun. But when we understand that each thing that you're doing matters, that God's paying attention to it, that changes it, doesn't it? That there are divine appointments in each day. This is not hyperbole. This is reality. Let me continue. Matthew 24, 14. Here's part of the reality that we need to keep in mind as we go there. First of all, he is going to reward us. He's the beginning and the end. Matthew 24, 14 says this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all 
nations. Every tongue, tribe, and nation will hear, okay? And then the end will come. When will the end come? Are you guys speaking in tongues or are you just really quiet? Yeah, after this has been preached in every nation, tongue, tribe, and nation, then the end will come. So we are on mission. There needs to be a testimony of who Jesus is to every single nation, to every single. See, see the beauty of this? Jesus came because he loves us, because the Father loves us. He wants everybody to have an opportunity. He hopes that everyone will choose him back, but everyone will have an opportunity to choose him. Are you with me? So until that happens, don't get distracted by a whole lot of end time prophecies. We have a job to do, keep the main thing the main thing. You've got great news about a great father and his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who desires that none would perish, but all would have eternal life if they will believe in Jesus Christ. We get to carry that. We're carrying the hope of the nations. Are you guys with me? So, so, so he's going to reward us according to what we do, and everybody, God desires that everybody will have a chance to at least reject him or hopefully accept the love that he has and to repent of trying to be their own God and turn to him. Come on. All right. And then lastly, I want to share another part. I mean, there's so much more. It's a big kingdom and there's treasure everywhere. But for the sake of time, I'm going to share one more about the vision, about where our hope is, about what the big picture is. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 55. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Oh, death! where, oh, death, is your victory? Where, oh, death, is your sting? Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? God is going to destroy death. That is a huge deal. We are not going to grieve over children that die in the womb or children that die young or fathers that have gone on before us or grandmas or grandpas or sisters or brothers. Death will be no more. It will be done, and we will, we will say to death, what do you got, death? We're with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit now. We're together with everyone who wants to live forever with Jesus, and you're done. Death and sin swallowed up. Somebody say amen. amen. Isn't that exciting? This is the hope that we have. This is the reality of the kingdom. This is what we're looking unto. Amen? Praise God. Now, how does that affect us in this moment? We're, we're in the advent of hope. I want to share a little bit about hope, and, I, and, I, and hopefully I want us to come away encouraged and reinvigorated to enjoy and lay hold of those promises and also to run a good race. That's the desire I have for you today. In Proverbs 29, 18, in the ESV, it says it like this. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, 
but blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Well, what law do we keep, guys? The law of love, the law of Jesus Christ. When I say the law of love, I mean the law that is embodied in Jesus Christ, the righteousness, the holiness, the glory, the love of God, okay? We are keeping that law. Love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as I have loved them. That's the commandment that we're given. That is the vision that we're given. And we're given this vision that God is going to come and set all things right at the perfect time. At the perfect time, he's gonna make everything right. And by the way, guys, those that have rejected God, it says that they will not, it says, it says those who have received God need not fear the second death. So we're either gonna live forever or there's gonna be a second death. That's what the scriptures preach. So there will be justice. So just so you know, that sense of justice that lives in you, which is correct and appropriate, that sense that things need to be made right and they're not right, that's God-breathed. You can hold on to that, but what you've gotta do in order to hold on to your hope is to say, Lord, I thank you that you have limited how long people can do good or evil on this earth, and I thank you that every single one of us, myself included, will stand before you, and actual, impartial, perfect justice will be served. And Lord, I can barely finish thanking you for that to say, and I thank you for Jesus, because I can't afford it, so thank you, Jesus, that you have made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that you've given me mercy and grace because I can't stand before you and say, you owe me eternal life. I know you don't. I've been with me for more than two hours and I know that I am so glad for Jesus. Anybody else? So there, but there will be judgment. This is important. This is important. It's important for us to realize, whoo, thank you, Lord, that you judged Jesus instead of me. Thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to take what I deserved so that I can stand and I have a chance to be with you forever. Because you still liked me. Even though I was guilty, you still wanted me. How many of you guys want guilty people? You don't have to raise your hand. I've been talking to the Lord. He's working on me with love lately, but that's another sermon. He loves us before we're that lovable. Have you ever been around somebody that is just honestly like insufferable? Like one of those bitter, negative cynical, caustic, always offended, bad faith reading kind of people. You know what I'm saying? Like where you just walk in and you're like, how are you today? And then you realize, don't ask them that. It's a horrible open-ended question. And then they're just like, da-da-da-da, politics, and da-da-da-da, my boss, and da-da-da-da, you. And you're just going, oh my goodness, Lord Jesus, take me home now. Or better yet, take them. Here's the... Here's what I want you to know. Picture that person right now. Like, you know who I'm talking about. It better not be me. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about. They're right there and you're just going, man, this, like, being with you is like getting a root canal. Jesus loves that person. He genuinely loves that person. He doesn't even flinch when he's around them. My wife loves rascals. Did you guys know that? You should know that based on who she married. But my wife loves rascals. She just does. Like grumpy old men, she's like, oh, I'm gonna crack this nut right here. Like inside of this crusty exterior, you're just a teddy bear, I can tell. And she does, she just starts old man whispering them. 
She does. And the next thing you know, they're just, they just love her. And she, she does. And rascally kids too. She likes rascally. She's like Jesus that way. Jesus likes us when we're still rascals. That's really, really good news. That's what he's going after. Are you with me? We don't deserve to be loved. He loves us because we are his kids. And he wants us to choose him back, but he loved us before we did. Are you with me? This is the kind of God we have. This is the kind of hope that we carry. So when we look at somebody and they're being a rascal or just genuinely terrible, we can tap into his heart and go, you know what? God actually has hope for you that this is not actually how you were created to be. And, and we're called to carry that. But that doesn't work if we're not looking at the big picture. Are you with me? Because then all we're thinking about is how miserable they're making us today. And instead of being like Karen and Jesus and thinking like, ooh, how am I going to get this little rascal to realize who they really are? She did it with me. You should have seen me before Karen got a... Are, Are you guys tracking with me? We're invited into carrying this hope, but it's not, it's a hope that we give, it's a love that we give before someone's doing anything that's even pleasant for us. That's what it is to love people the way that he loves us. You guys all think you weren't rascals, don't you? He has seen you when you're by yourself, and he didn't change his mind about you. Now, he's calling you into righteousness, he's calling you into love, but he didn't change his mind about you in your worst moment. What an incredible thought. Like, I can hardly wrap my mind around this because quite honestly, I'm kind of a perfectionist with myself. So I'm like, I'm either winning or I'm losing. I'm either passing or I'm failing. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. I'm completing the good work that I began in you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what I did. Your hope is in me. Your hope is not merely in your current behavior. Are you with me? That doesn't mean we don't work on our behavior, but it means that we don't get disqualified because we're only standing by God himself's righteousness. That's part of our hope. So even in our worst moment, I heard recently an acronym for fail, and it was first attempt I learned. <laughs> right? First attempt I learned. I learned don't do that. <laughs> that was very painful. Are you guys with me? And so it's like when we're in Christ and we fall flat, we go, well, first attempt, I learned not to do it that way. Let's try again. But but we're not fired. We're not out. We're carrying that hope. All right. So as we're going through this life, if we lose sight of the vision, if we lose sight of what we're up to, what happens is it says that we throw off restraint. When we lose sight of the vision, when we lose sight of the hope that we have, we start acting different. Has anybody, has anybody ever done that? You know, it's, (laughs) I I know for me, like I'm always, you know what? I'm going to stay with my notes. Sorry. I like the way the message says it. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When I can't see what God is doing, I stumble all over myself. You know, when you just lose the big picture and you just don't care anymore. Has anybody ever been like doing really well on your, like your diet plan and you're on day like 12 and you're like, this is really working. You lost a couple pounds. You feel pretty great. And then you just have like a terrible fight with your spouse and then the dog bites you and then your coworkers are kind of a jerk and... Next thing you know, you're like, I don't care. And you order your double cheeseburger with bacon and two milkshakes, right? And because you've lost sight 
of the vision, right? It's just in that moment, you're like, I don't care about any of that stuff anymore. I'm in pain. And so this is, the, this is how God wants to heal me is through this double cheeseburger with bacon. He's going to minister to my soul. You lose sight of, of, of what the vision was. You, your eyes are on something and we cast off restraint. That's a silly that's a silly example, but actually it's probably a pretty common example for us, right? We have to hold on to that vision. We have to hold on to the hope that we have, or we very quickly lose sight of those very daily things that God actually causes heaven to meet earth through in our lives. Those things that he looks and says, I saw it when that person was such a jerk to you, and you turned and I was curious to see, I wonder what you're gonna do today. And I saw you, I saw the anger flare up in you. And then you, you took a breath and you said, Lord, how can I bless this person? And then you turned and you came in the opposite spirit and you ended up serving and blessing that person. And that's when you found out what was going on in their life. I remember during COVID, Karen shared a story of being in the bank and there was, you know, remember when everybody was spaced out six feet? And there was this guy, and he's standing past the little six-foot line in the bank. Or was it the store? The bank doesn't matter. It was some public place where they had foot lines. And, and the person's like, excuse me, can you get back on the line? And the guy's like, what? And he, she's like, can you get back on the line? And he said, what? And she goes, you're past the line. You need to be six feet away from me. And he goes, do you think COVID has a tape measure? And she's like, I am really not comfortable with this. And she goes, I just, I just had, I think it was her mother, like my mom just died. And he goes, well, my, my dad just died. So they both had some major things going on where he's like, you know, I don't think where I stand by six inches was the difference was why my dad just died. And she's thinking, you know what, can you at least stand six inches? Because my mom just died. Now, we don't know why either of them died. I mean, Karen didn't make friends with anybody. But people have things going on, I mean, in that moment. They weren't rascally enough for, I'm just kidding. What's the point? There are things that are going on in different people's lives that you have no idea about. But when God gives us this opportunity to hold on to who you are and reflect him in a situation... It opens up a door. Now, think about that. How could these guys have possibly known the amount of pain that they were in? All you could see is the outside. And how often, when we, when we respond in the opposite spirit, how often, what somebody, they're presenting anger, they're presenting frustration, they're presenting cynicism, but God knows that their heart needs the hope that you have. Are you guys with me? And so often, when we lose sight of that, when we're not carrying that, when we're not walking in that, that space, we actually miss the opportunity to give to that person the hope of glory that they need, the, the faith that we carry. Because the tendency is, and it's just merely human, but here's the thing, we have Christ in us, we're superhuman. If we tap into that, we can come in the opposite spirit instead of responding to how I'm being immediately affected, I pan outwards. And I remember, wait a minute. This is probably an opportunity for Jesus to walk into this situation. Now, I'm not saying every single time it goes awesome. Sometimes you just get the opportunity to pay it forward. But even in that, there's reward. There's strength that's offered to us when we remember the hope that we have. Are you guys with me?
In Romans 5, chapter 1 through 5, I, I love the way that, that he puts it. He says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. That's what we were talking about earlier, right? In Christ, we're the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, we're standing in a grace. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Isn't that a crazy way to get to that, right? It's like, it's amazing because here's the thing, right? There are some long-standing things that we're walking through that we're waiting for it to be resolved, but the guarantee of when it gets resolved is not clear. Now, hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given us. In Romans 8, he, the, the author talks about it this way. He says, now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. So when you and I are hoping, there's a part of this. Stay with me on this. There's a part of hope that actually has to be outside of what we're currently seeing. That's why I listed to you some of the vision, right? Some of the vision to keep us from just casting off restraint and saying, you know what, who cares? Who cares? Let's just eat and drink and do our best and give in and compromise and do all that because the truth is this life is hard, there's a lot of pain, and I've kind of lost sight of what the big vision is, right? And, and, and how many of you guys know it's easy to do that? It's tempting. It's overwhelming. I mean, we get bad news like literally delivered to us by algorithm based on our favorite kind of bad news. And now it gets served up to us on our phones and our computers, right? You have customized bad news. The exact things that you hope aren't happening, the algorithm tells you about those. Hey, they're still not happening and it's worse than you thought. So we don't need to go looking for it. And so here it is. And if we lose sight of the hope that we have, and by definition of hope, it's things that we have yet to see, then we are in a constant place of distress and turmoil, and we've been offered this hope by going back to the vision of what he's promised, but also understanding that part of why we can be stable and peaceful in this moment is because we know that not everything that will be redeemed will be redeemed during my lifetime taking comfort in the fact that there are still things that will only be resolved when Jesus comes again. You don't believe me that that's good news. <laughs> are, you, are you picking up what I'm throwing down? If I'm expecting it all to happen here, I live with consistent either stress that I must be doing something wrong and not getting it here, or disappointment that it hasn't gotten here yet. But we're invited in the hope that we have to recognize that we will persevere, that we will continue to look out towards that horizon that Jesus will come again, that he will reward me for everything that I've done, that everything that I'm doing does count, that he is going to wipe away every tear. In fact, in Hebrews, there's this beautiful, um, I didn't bring it, okay, in Hebrews, it talks about that all, remember the hall of faith in Hebrews? It says, every one of these died having not yet seen the promise because God in his glory chose that 
he did not want them to receive the reward apart from us. In other words, we're all going together to receive the same reward in Christ of seeing the culmination of every promise and us being faithful while waiting for it. And there'll be a moment when Christ comes when we do that together. So there's a certain part of our hope where you and I get to stand up with Abraham and Deborah and Esther and Jesus himself and say, Father, you did everything you said you would do. Are you guys with me? So when we're going through this, you have to recognize that part of the hope that we have is understanding we're going to get a lot of kingdom here while we're here, but there's a part that won't get finished and redeemed until Jesus comes again. And one of those is death. God did not desire death. It will be taken away. There's loss. It will be taken away. Lies, they'll be taken away. Manipulation, it will be taken away. The opportunity for the evil people and Satan to to hurt those that we love, they will no longer remain. God will say to them, your will be done, and they will go away. They will not live forever. Are you with me? There's a culmination that we're looking unto that, that, that causes us to be able to persevere and be patient while we wait for the Father to do that. But here's the thing. It actually creates in us a stability and a contentment, and a peace, because we're resting in the hope of him finishing the work. And so therefore, we have opportunity to do good unto all without demanding that everything has to be done here on earth. We do as much as we can, but we're actually at peace to say, but I can't do what only he can do. This thing may be horrible right now, but it's not permanent. For those of you that are divorced, you weren't gonna be married to your wife for all of eternity. There is no marriage in heaven. So yes, it stings, but it's not eternal. Are you with me? Let me, let me share something with you, and I'll close with this. Have you ever been around someone who has lost a child or a close loved one, and they haven't given in to bitterness? Okay, this is a qualifier, right? Someone who is, but they've lost a child. They've gone through the loss of a, of a close loved one, a wife, a child. Or, or people who've navigated like huge loss or major health issues and they haven't given themselves over to self-pity. They carry a hope. There is a glory that is tangible when you're with them. You start to feel like you can hear certain tones in their voice that cause your ears to tingle. There's a scent of the Rose of Sharon. They're they're not only amazingly present with you. You know who I'm talking about. They're these people. They're amazingly present with you, but, and it's in this way that makes you so seen and valued. There's this, this, but, but they're also somehow like looking past where you are right now. It's like they're looking, they're with you, but they also, they look into the horizon in a different way and it reflects in their eyes You may even find yourself kind of wanting to turn to see like, who are they looking at, right? There's a warmth and you see it. There's there's this gravitas that they carry, a quiet glory. They're looking towards the hope of full redemption. The new heaven and the new earth. The reunion with the one that they have seen go ahead of them. And the one who's holding their loved one. There's something about those that have walked through loss like this that they have put their hope in a reunion and a redemption because they have lost that person here. Are you with me? 
or someone who's gone through something. I've sat with people who've gone through horrific physical things in their bodies and they have lost freedoms that they used to have here in their body. They have tasted death or, or died and come back, right? And there's something different because their focus is no longer only here. They reflect the reality of eternity and it gives them a stability, a contentment now, even in the midst of what is, because they're also looking at what someday will be. There's a strength in knowing that this part of life is temporary, but life with Christ, the new earth and the new heaven is forever. Hope does not disappoint them. And they bring that hope when you're with them. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? Is anybody set with somebody like that? And some of you, that's you. You know who you are. You know what I'm talking about, where you can no longer find your comfort only in this day, in this moment. You, you don't look just to what's here anymore because you know it can't just be here anymore. There may have been a day when you believed that could happen, but now you know that was never all of it. And thank God for it that the fullness of that is when he redeems all things, that the fullness of that is when we receive a new body and our health back, when we live without pain again, when we live with the person that we've lost, when we're reunited as a sibling with our ex-husband or our ex-wife, we weren't gonna be married in heaven, but now we're friends again because in Christ, things are actually made new where we can apologize and say, I was hard on you then, but I see it now. Are you with me? We will all face loss, and most of us already have, and we're going to face more. But for us, we don't grieve like those who have no hope. All things will be made new, and he will redeem. He will bring justice. He will destroy death and Satan and sin. Hope will not disappoint us. We're pointing towards Christ. He is here and he is coming. Amen? Amen? Why don't we stand to our feet? Lord, we are so grateful for what you have done. And we are so grateful for what you are doing. We thank you, Lord, that you are not slow in coming, but that you desire that none should perish. And you're making more time for those, Lord, who are still not yet turning to you. And in your patience, you're giving more time. But we thank you that you will come. And one day, all things will be resolved. I pray, Lord, for us as a family. Give us strength. Renew our hope. Clear our eyes so we can see the vision. For those of us, Lord, that have lost sight of things and we've recently just been re-engaging in bad habits and behaviors, Lord, we repent. And we ask, God, that you'd help us to look back at the big picture, to throw off the sins that so easily entangle us, and to run with purpose and hope the race you've set before us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. The prayer team's coming up, and uh, we'd love to minister to you more. If, uh, for those of you that, that need it and want to receive that, we want to bless you in your ministry. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week.